Welcome this morning to Every Nation Somerset West and it's good to be with all of you this morning. My name is Andrew and this morning we're going to be continuing our series on um, Reaching Thy Neighbour. And we're sitting in this beautiful location. I've just arrived here and just amazed at uh, just the amount of work this team's put in to make this possible. But if you look out the window here, you can see across the valley of Somerset West and and we're talking about reaching the neighbor, and I want to speak to you this morning about the harvest and how ready the harvest is to hear the gospel. And I look out over this valley, and you just see houses, and you see there's just a lot of people here, and it's almost like a harvest field. And this morning, we're just going to be having a bit of fun, just talking about what it's going to take to reach the harvest and, and how ready this, this harvest is. And I want to encourage each one of us, before we pray, that each one of us find ourselves around people. Maybe... You find yourself around people at work or maybe you've got a hobby you love mountain biking or surfing or playing chess or and you find yourself around people um, in doing your hobby or at work or at school or wherever you find yourself each one of us find ourselves around people and God is giving us opportunities on a daily basis to be able to present the love of Christ to people and this morning I want to just encourage our hearts about how ready um, this harvest is and I want to start this morning just by looking at the importance that Jesus places um, on the harvest field. But before we do that, let's just pray. Lord, I, I just pray for each one of us. I pray, God, that we would listen closely to your word this morning and that you would help us um, just to hear what you have to say to us this morning. And we just commit this word to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus places a huge emphasis on reaching the harvest. And you see this in two accounts when Jesus starts off his ministry, he arrives and he meets who will be the apostles in time to come. He meets his disciples for the first time. And the first interaction he has with them, he's walking along the, the, the shores of the lake and he says to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So the first thing Jesus says to the men who ultimately become his disciples and, 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 and the apostles of the, the, the founders of the church in time to come, um, he says to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus' first thing he says is, if you follow me, you will become a fisher of men. You will reach people. So you see this front and center in Jesus' thinking in the first interaction that he has um, with his disciples. And then you see it again right at the close of his ministry, just before he leaves his disciples. He says to them, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So again, you see this tremendous narrative of reaching people, making disciples, starting at Jesus's ministry and closing out Jesus's ministry. And so we've, we've, got to, we've got to recognize that Jesus obviously places a big emphasis on this. And if it's the first thing he speaks about and the last thing he speaks about, and his entire ministry is sandwiched between these two narratives and these two teachings, um, people are on Jesus's heart. Um, the world is on Christ's heart. And as we follow him, we'll become fishers of men. And I just want to encourage our hearts with this um, this morning. And to start, I actually want to share a testimony. I want to share a testimony with what's happened in Fishhook. Um, we, we accidentally started a home church um, in Fishhook this year. It wasn't wasn't our intention it wasn't we, we had it in our minds but there was no plan there was no method there was no strategy I for a long time felt the Lord calling us to reach the people around us and I just want to be transparent for a moment that reaching people has not been natural hasn't been something that comes naturally to me I shared with our every nation leaders um, I think it was one of our cluster meetings 
about two years ago how I was so convicted as a minister. Now, I've been in full-time vocational ministry with His People Every Nation for over 20 years now. And about two years ago, I was really challenged by something the Lord put on my heart around how many people I was leading to Christ or even sharing my faith with as a so-called full-time vocational minister. And the answer was zero. Now, I'm not talking about pulpit ministry. I'm not talking about group ministry. I'm talking about sharing your faith with people around you. And the reality is the insecurities in me and the fears in me, which I still struggle with even to this day, um, were preventing me from just sharing the basics of the gospel with people around me. And I was massively convicted by this. And, and I know, I'm not saying that this is something you need to be challenged by, but it certainly challenged me in that if I'm a representative, a full-time vocational missionary, and I'm not sharing my faith with people, something's wrong in my heart. And the reality is I found so many insecurities and fears and pride in my heart that was preventing me from taking the step forward. And I still wrestle with those things today. But we felt, so I just, I share that just to, so you know, this didn't come naturally for me. I'm not, this is not my strength. I mean, those who know me, um, like the Ricky Ferrers and the, sitting in the congregation, they know I'm a, I'm a strategy guy. I love putting, you know, operations and strat plans and MSFs and together. I'm a guy who loves administration. I'm not naturally one who just reaches people around me. But I went to the Lord and I said, I need you to help me with this. I need you to help me in my heart. My heart is weak in this area. And we came into the beginning of this year and we started reaching out to some families and we brought them into home. There was three or four people in our home and we met three times face to face before lockdown hit. So I'll share you the start of the story and the end of the story and then what happened in between. But we started just reaching out to people and share. I just started sharing my faith with those I was encountering. I love mountain biking. We love surfing and being at the beach with lifesavers. So we are around a lot of unsaved people. And we started in our home with um, three or four families. And then we had lockdown. So then we went on to Zoom. And then my wife got very sick. Um, Catherine fell very, very sick. And she was bedridden for four months. It wasn't COVID. It was something worse. Um, and it was touch and go. It culminated in multiple delicate surgeries at hospital. She's fortunately still with us to this day, but during lockdown, she was bedridden for four months. So I ended up doing the homeschooling, the cooking, the cleaning, running the house, doing a full-time job. And I share that because there wasn't a lot of time to typically do church planting the way we used to. So we were just sharing our faith. And we came out of lockdown and had our first church camp three, three weeks ago. And just under 40 people arrived at camp. And these are unchurched people, people who are not familiar with church. And it was simple stepping across the line and beginning to share the love of Christ with those. And the response we got was amazing. People started responding to the love of Christ and just to this message. And it, it really struck me at how, how ready the harvest field is. We started a youth group. We started reaching some teenagers and we, um, during lockdown we started Alpha Youth and we had the teenagers on Zoom at first. And then they started coming to our home and what happened was, this is one of some of the testimonies, one of the young ladies who was sitting there, it was really quiet one evening, um, most of them are unchurched and she didn't say much, we were talking about prayer and I was wondering, ah, is she engaging? She went home that night and her mom texts me and says, what's happened to my daughter? She had gone home and started sharing the gospel with her parents. Now, her parents are unchurched. And her parents phoned me and said, can we come to church? They end up coming to the camp. And at the end of the camp, the parents come and say, well, if this is church, count us in. 
And we started seeing just the most unchurched people starting to respond to the gospel. Um, we, we met in our home two, was it three weeks ago? We meet in our home on Sundays. Now, church for us on Sundays is a bit wild. It's about five hours of church. We come together at about two or three in the afternoon, and we keep going till about six or seven, and we share a meal, and we just have a lot of fun together. But one of the ladies, one of the families who was there, she shared the story with me. She arrived on, on, on this Sunday, and I'd asked them to all bring Bibles because we're going to start studying the book of Acts together. And she said, I don't have a Bible. I, I once bought a Bible, it's on my shelf somewhere, but I can't find it. And then she shares the story with me that her son had taken the Bible, had torn out the pages, had rolled them up and was smoking weed from the Bible pages. And I just laughed hysterically. She says, that's why I don't have a Bible. But that's the kind of people we've been reaching. And it's, it's just been an exciting adventure. Um, and just to see these young people begin to respond. And another story, I, I was walking in pick and pay and a businessman who recognized me called me. I said, Andrew, and I went up to him and he wanted me to just come and sit and have coffee with him about his business. And we ended up sitting, having coffee, an unchurched guy. And 30 minutes into the conversation, I shared the gospel with him and he responded. We ended up an hour later praying at this coffee table. And he's come back to the Lord and he's moving to Namibia and he wants to plant a church in Namibia now. But during the coffee conversation, another guy walks into the coffee shop and I felt the Lord put on my heart just to go and ask him, what does he do? So when we'd finished the first coffee appointment with the businessman, I walked up to the guy in the coffee shop and just asked him what he does. And the door just opened. And an hour and a half later, we're busy talking about Jesus Christ and the gospel. Now, he, and he tells me that at a young age, he left the church and he was very angry with the church. And he said to me, he said, listen, all Christians are hypocrites. I don't even like Christians. And at, by the end of the hour and a half, it was almost two hour conversations, he didn't give his heart to the Lord, but he said to me, Andrew, can we meet again? I think I might've got this all wrong. And, and the point, I guess I came away from this over this last couple of months, realizing that people are ready to hear the love of Christ. They're ready to hear the good news. And so we're on a bit of an adventure. Um, people have asked me, what's our strategy for what we're doing in Fishhook? There's no strategy. Right now, there's no game plan. There's no strategy. There's no team. There's no, I, next week, I'll tell you what we do next week. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with strategy. There's nothing wrong with planning. Please give me, please understand. But right now, it's a bit of a wild adventure where we're just sharing the gospel with people and people are responding. So I want to share a couple of verses to encourage our hearts this morning. And please know that these verses have encouraged me, especially in my insecurities and my fears, which I'm dealing with even today. I deal with real fears and insecurities around this. And I feel like I'm treading water that's way too deep for me. Um, but I'm, I'm really enjoying the adventure and every one of us can enjoy the adventure. In Acts 1 verse 8, um, Jesus says, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And it's interesting there. Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, one of the first things that will happen is you'll receive power to be a witness. It's interesting that he tags the coming of the Holy Spirit to the power of being a witness. We will be empowered and emboldened to be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, that's a metaphor for we'll be a witness in our community, our city, our nation, and to the ends of the earth. And I was really encouraged by this, that when the Holy Spirit comes, one of the signs that the Holy Spirit is on someone's life is that they're a witness. They're a witness to the resurrection of Christ. 
And it's a, it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is, is working in us. And he brings boldness and courage to be that witness. And so that was a, a passage that really began to minister to me. I want to read another one in Matthew 9. Um, let me just go there quickly. I've folded the pages in my Bible to get there quickly. Uh, Matthew 9, verse 37. Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Interesting how Jesus says that God is the Lord of the harvest. This encouraged me, and here we see God is in charge of the harvest. We don't have to change people's lives. That's God's job. It's God's job to prepare the harvest. People, you can't change someone's heart. All we do is go into the harvest and reap the harvest. Our only job is to share the message. It's not our job to change people's minds or to change people's hearts. That's up to God. He's Lord of the harvest. And immediately when we recognize that the pressure goes away, I know for me and maybe for you, um, I always felt the pressure, I've got to change someone's mind. You know, and if I haven't changed their mind, I haven't done my job. But actually, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that he's the Lord of the harvest. It's his job to change people's hearts. It's his job to change people's lives. It's our job simply to go into the harvest and, and reap the harvest and share the story and share the good news and share the resurrection of Christ. And we've been stepping across the line and actually seen an amazing harvest. Um, the, the, this next passage I want to read, another encouraging one in John. John 4, verse 35. I'm sure you've heard this before. Jesus says, do not say, do you not say, there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Um, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Two things struck me here. Jesus says here, lift up your eyes. There's almost a, he's almost being intentional. He says, you've got to look up. You've got to lift up your eyes to see the harvest. And as believers, we've actually got to take time to look up. We've got to take time to recognize those people around us. Like that coffee shop scenario I was sharing. Had I not taken time to look up and notice that guy walking in, I might have missed that opportunity. And we, I want to encourage each one of us to look up, lift up our eyes, recognize that God is going to bring opportunities our way to have meaningful conversations with people around us. And then when those opportunities present themselves for us just to step in and have those conversations. So he says here, lift up your eyes and see that the harvest is white. The harvest is ready. I think what's happened over this year with COVID and the difficulties that everyone has faced, God's hand has come down across the world, has softened people's hearts and has readied them to hear this gospel message. I think what's happened is over this year, people's hearts have become ready to hear what God has to say to them. And so I want to encourage you that we need to lift up our eyes, be deliberate, be intentional to look around you for opportunities that may come across your path with colleagues or friends or people you out riding with or surfing with or whatever you do with your life. But look out for those moments and, and trust God for open doors to have meaningful conversations with people. So in conclusion, I want to share two things. I want to conclude by saying, I dare you to step out of the boat. And I, I know it's hard. It was so difficult for me and it is still difficult for me. I still battle with real fears right now in my own heart. But as Peter stepped out of the boat when Jesus called him, you all know the story. And I mean, boats, when you're on the water, are meant to, you're meant to stay in a boat. You're not meant to step out of a boat, okay? And Peter stepped out of the boat 
Um, I bet you Peter was surprised when he stepped out of the boat and found himself standing on water. If I look back and I think about what happened there, he must have been surprised. Like, step out of the boat, whoa, I'm standing on water. But he took the bold step to actually do something unusual. And we still tell the story of him. He's one of the only humans ever walked on water. And I think if we are courageous enough to step out of the boat, we'll also be surprised that we're standing on water will be surprised that we actually find the harvest is ready. When you step out of the boat and you have that meaningful conversation with someone that maybe fear has prohibited you, prohibited you from having within the past, you're actually amazed at their response, at how open they are to the gospel. So I wanna encourage you to, to step out of the boat, to, to take a chance. Um, God has prepared this harvest field. And, and then my challenge to you is this, think of one person. So maybe as you're sitting then, before we pray, think of one person around you now that you want to deliberately and intentionally trust and pray for, for an open door. And I encourage you to, to take a moment to think about that person, write that person's name now, and then go and share that person's name with someone, maybe in the church, maybe a friend or family, just to hold yourself accountable, and then simply do this, simply pray for them. Simply pray for them for the next week, and simply pray that God would bring an opportunity for you to have a meaningful conversation with them. That's all it is. And then when the door opens, just step through the door. That's it. It's that simple. And I, we've seen as we step through these doors and have these conversations, people are very open to having these conversations. Not everyone's going to turn to Christ. Not everyone's going to come. But you will be a part of taking them one step closer. And the joy that you experience in just doing the basics and just doing the simple thing of sharing the resurrection of Christ and sharing the love of Christ with those, those around us is just, it, it's, it's a joyful experience. So think of one person and let's close in prayer. Father, we just, I thank you for the privilege we have of walking with you, honoring you and being a part of just the journey you have for us, not only in this community, but in this nation. And I pray Lord, that you would open up a door into someone's life for every single one of us. I pray, God, that a door will open this week for us to have a meaningful conversation with someone about Jesus in our lives. And I pray, God, for all the names that people are thinking of. And I pray that you begin to work on their hearts right now. I pray, God, that you begin to stir their hearts, open up their hearts to hear the gospel and give us an opportunity to share our faith with them. We thank you for your kindness and your mercy on us. In Jesus' name. Amen.